Good morning. Welcome to Rosebier this morning. We're so happy to see all of y'all here. Um, my name is Jimmy Lockett. I am the youth minister here at Rosebauer, and we're so glad to see all of you this morning. Um, for all of our East Baptist friends, we welcome you guys this morning. I wanted to come up with something wise and crack to pull on Michael Woolley, but I can't. Um, you know, as much as I want to, I can't. Um, Michael has been a big part of my life. Um, not only is he a Christian brother, but he is part of my family. Um, he's my cousin-in-law, so I'm, I'm happy to have him in my family, um, and I love him dear, as not only as a brother and a friend, but as a fellow worker in Christ. And you guys are gaining something, gaining a man that is amazing. I've worked with him for the last 30 years or so, you know, not only, you know, as a friend, um, but as a brother in Christ, you know, I've worked with him in the children's ministry, um, and you cannot find a better man um, that loves Christ, loves, loves the church, and loves the people. So, um, you're welcome. Um, so this month, our and for this year, our focus verses that we've been we've been looking at are having to do with what the children's church ministry has been doing, and they're um, the, they're going through the Beatitudes. And so this week or this month of March, we're going to be focusing on Matthew chapter five, verses five through seven. And it says, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." Blessed are the merciful, for they shall attain mercy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for the special service today. I thank you for Michael Woolley and his testimony. I thank you for Michael and what he means to our church. And I know what he's going to mean to East, Father. And as he, as he moves into this new point of ministry, Father, I just pray that you just guide him and direct him in everything that he does and I know that Michael's going to seek you in everything he does Father and so Father we just want to lift him up to you this time Father give him direction in everything he does in Jesus precious name we pray Amen Well good morning it's good to see East joining in with us today for this service. We're going to begin in worship. Let's all stand. We're going to sing Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy 
Good morning. It's a joy to be here and share this service with two churches that have been very dear to our lives and blessed us. And I want to thank uh, Rose Bauer and East Baptist for the privilege of being able to bring the charge to our candidate, Michael Woolley. Uh, 
Keith has played a role in our lives twice as youth minister and then as the last time, eight years, for eight years as pastor. And it's good to see the East Baptist people. East Baptist, would you just raise your hand if you're from East Baptist? Hey. Thank you. Good to see you again. Uh, Michael, uh, God blessed you by putting you with people and putting people in your path through the years to help you, and now you've responded. For many years, Belva and I talked and discussed and said, we believe Michael Woolley is going to be a pastor someday. We didn't know what took you so long. You had that heart, you worked with children, did a tremendous job, had services over at Trader's Mall on Sunday morning for a long time and preached and taught them the Word of God. And his heart is with the Lord and His Word, and He gave you a great helpmate in Beth. I've known Beth almost as long as she's been in the world. She was just small when I came to Rose Bower and watched her grow up into a fine Christian young lady. And a pastor's wife now, Beth, uh, you are a blessing to Michael and to East Church being there. I want to read a passage out of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Justin's got me on a time schedule, but the good thing about preaching first, you take all the time you want and leave the rest for him to cut off. <laughs> you made a mistake putting me first. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Now we'll pick up some more of those verses in a minute, but here's a charge that Paul gave to young Timothy. As a young preacher, a young disciple, uh, Paul uh, pretty well considered him his son. He's his son in the Lord, son in the ministry. And verse 1, he said, I charge you before God. Now think about that. This charge is before holy God, Michael. It's from him and not men. And the Lord Jesus Christ, before Jesus, your Savior. And it's to be taken seriously as though God was standing here today, or Jesus, and saying those words to you. I'm nothing like them, but I'm using their word. And it's from their mouth as they inspired Paul. Before the judge of the universe, can you imagine that? He said to Tim, I, I charge you before the judge of this universe. Now, folks, this is not just something we do to have something to do and stand out when we have an ordination service of a man of God. This is a charge before holy God. God is a witness to this. And it's a great privilege, a great honor, but it's also very serious. 
Preach the word, he said. Verses 2, 3, and 4. Let me just read those again. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. That don't mean you preach Christmas on Christmas and Easter on Easter. It means whether it's popular or not popular, good or bad, whether people like it or not. Preach the word. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. We live in this age. Sound doctrine, sound teaching. That's what the word doctrine means. Bible preaching is not appreciated by the world. And it's not appreciated by some Christians, sorry to say, or so-called Christians. But he said, they'll not take in the true word of God, but where they will, we're there for their own lust, heap themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, teachers that'll tickle their ears, say the good things they want to hear. You know, a lot of people go to church and say, man, I didn't like that, it made me feel bad. Well, the way to feel good is get right with God. Get right with God. The word was to you. The preacher may not even know you were there, but God did. And God sent the message. And Michael, just remember that. Preach the word. God knows who it's for. You may not know who it's for. You might not even know they're there. But you preach the word, and God can use the word to convict and bring people to him. For they will heap themselves, after their own lust, heap themselves teachers having itching ears. Who shall... Turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Listen, it's easier to convince a man of a lie than it is of the truth. Have you ever noticed that? It's a lie men will take up. I've always said, I'm not worried about the truth people tell on me. It's the lies that people make up because they believe those quicker than the truth. And you watch it. Televangelists, pulpits, preachers. What attracts most people to some of those is they tickle their ears. They say sweet things. They say nice things. And they don't tell them about hell. And they don't tell them about the need to be saved. So preach the word. And always be true to the word of God. This is your textbook. This is the book you need. You need in preparation, commentaries, and anything you can. Prayer time, you need to research. But it's this book you're researching and this book you're going to preach out of. And if it contradicts this word, throw that book away and get you another one. You don't need that. Well, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 15, he said this, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Michael, you testified to that in the meeting. You grew up in a preacher's home. You always had the gospel in front of you. They taught you the truth. They taught you how to come to God. They taught you how to be saved. And he said, You've had that, just like Timothy had it from a child, from his mother and grandmother. All scripture, now listen to this, is given by inspiration of God. God breathed, God spoke. Man didn't make it up. You can't put 66 books like this together and have the agreement and the following of the same story if men was writing it and they wouldn't record the, the bad things about the hero, just the good things, and everything's in there. And everything agrees, 66 books. And if men wrote them through all the different ages, you wouldn't have that agreement. But God told them what to write down. All scripture given the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Reproof, that means it convicts. You preach the word of God, it convicts people. It 
tells people what's wrong with them. It rebukes them. It corrects it. God takes the word of God to lead us to correction. And he teaches. He instructs. Be one who, who reproves, rebukes, teaches. Don't forget to instruct the people along the way. Don't forget to teach them the word of God and the principles of truth. And it is always profitable, he says. It's profitable. Warren Wiersbe, a great preacher and writer, tells us the scripture tells us what is right. That's convict us. It tells us what's right. It tells us what's not right. It rebukes us. The scripture tells us how to get right. Instructs us. And it tells us how to stay right. How to, what's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. What else can a man need in life but something that could build his character around the word of God? And then he said in uh, chapter uh, 4 and verse 5 in the last part, well, he said, you'll endure affliction in all, uh, all things. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. It won't always be easy. There will be times, hard times. Uh, but he said in 2 Timothy 2, 3, Therefore thou shalt endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. Soldiers endure hardness. The older I get, the more I realize what, what those that went before us to keep our freedom and bring us here today and keep it free for us to this day. They suffered hardness out there in the battlefield. And some of them didn't come back. So I don't think it's by accident Jesus used that term when he inspired Paul. Be, endure hardness as a good soldier. They knew about soldiers. They knew the tough life soldiers had. Of Jesus Christ, a Christian soldier. You're in the Lord's army. It won't be easy all the time. Everyone won't always be out there to encourage you. <laughs> Ooh, I wish that wasn't true, but it's true. Uh, let me just say something to each church, and I've said it to you now as your pastor. I'll say it to Rose Bauer because your pastor's here. Please, right before service on Sunday morning, don't contact your preacher and start laying out some bad problems and issues in the church or with you. Let him get his mind on the Word of God, make an appointment to see him after church, the next day in his office or something. But don't right before, oh, I, I, just, I just love it when somebody come up to me right before church and chew me out. I took many a walks through that cemetery out there on Sunday morning during Sunday school to get over what I just heard inside. And none of those people are here today, by the way. But I got real acquainted with the graveyard because I could walk off my problems and get back in mind to teach the Word of God. So I'm just saying to you, be, be uh, considerate of your pastor. When he's getting ready to go in the pulpit, it's not time to unload on him. He needs that time to keep his mind focused on the Bible. Well, that, <coughs> that didn't... Uh, it wasn't in the notes, but that's a good one. You won't always understand certain things and why certain things must be, and I, I'm still trying to figure out some things. But uh, God will let you know when it's time. And remember, God's important, and your interests aren't if they conflict with the Word of God. And be prepared for whatever comes. Death or the return of Jesus is coming. Look in uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. It says, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Don't you like it when you do something to somebody and they say, oh, good job, you did well? Folks, I want to tell you more important than that is when you stand before Jesus and he said, well done, my good servant. Well done. That's what we're working for. We're not working for the well done of the congregation. It's good to have their comments. It's good to hear the positive. Sometimes you need to hear the negative side and it gets you thinking, but you need to hear those positive things. Well done, good job. It encourages you when the Lord says that. God is important. Your interests and your conflicts aren't. Death or the return of Jesus, being prepared. Are you prepared for Jesus? He said, uh, Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. Time of my departure's hand. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready for the chop block. <laughs> Lord had to be in that. I don't believe I'm ready for the chop block. But when it's time, I think God will make me ready. God gives us grace for the time we're in. And we need to remember that. Well, he said, I'm ready. And henceforth, he said, because of that, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me and to all them that love his appearing. Paul said, it's not, it's not me that's looking for We can look for that crown of righteousness, that well done from our Savior. Verse 10 tells us there's going to be some disappointments. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Demas has forsaken me. Isn't that a hard word? Paul said, my best friend, one of my followers, one of my helpers, because he loved the world more than he loved God. You experienced some of that in the ministry. People that you thought were close, thought it was dear, they, they forsake you, and sometimes they just go off into nothing because the world pulls. It hurts. Demas has forsaken me. Sometimes it's people you're close to. Jesus was in the inner circle with Jesus, and Jesus said, I, I'm going to have, have to die and I'll be crucified. And <laughs> Peter said, Oh, not so, Lord. Now, there's a contradiction of terms. Not so, and Lord, if he's Lord, you don't say not so. You say, yes, Lord. And Jesus rebuked Peter for that, but that'll happen sometimes. Somebody real close to you, they will do something that disappoints you. Sometimes it's people who have been unfaithful. But your calling doesn't depend on what others say or do. You answer to God. We like the approval of men. We like for people to love us. But I tell you the truth, if you preach the truth, everybody's not going to love you. Jesus said, if they didn't love me, they won't love you. If they hated me, they'll hate you. Why did they hate you? Because he told the truth. And you're not going to always find that. But, but pray that God will. I, and I'm going to have to confess that I've had less of that than most preacher friends I've had. Now, I've had people disagree with me. I've had people get angry with me. I've had people get upset at me. I've had people to get really mad at me. I've had people turn their back on me. But that hadn't been the norm. That's been a rare occasion, a rare thing. Verse 14 tells us there's going to be persecution. <clears throat> he said, uh, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. 
He said, the Lord will take care of him. Those that persecute you, the Lord will take care of him. He said, let the Lord take care of the coppersmith. I mean, you say, uh, well, it's not uh, spiritual to wish bad on people. It's spiritual to say, let God take care of it. It's not evil when God does it. It's not wicked. I mean, I'm turning it over to you, God. I can't handle Alexander. You take care of it. And I'll tell you what, God can take care of people better than we can. He knows how to turn them upside down. And then there's loneliness, verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may be not be laid to their charge. No man stood with me. Stand alone. Sometimes you have to stand alone. And sometimes you need somebody that you can talk to that's not involved and not in the church and not in the family. And you need one of those. And there's times I needed one I didn't have, and I know the importance of that. So don't be afraid or ashamed to but make sure who you confide in. Make sure they keep confidence. Make sure they don't do the wrong thing, but they'll give you good advice. Lonely. It's a lonely life many times. I mean, you have to be so cautious. Well, a preacher spoke to you, and he didn't speak to me. <laughs> I know. And I'll get that out of church. You didn't speak to me before. <clears throat> I know some of you well enough know you just love to say that. So hide all of you now, and I did speak to you. <laughs> Be confident. God won't leave you alone, verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. I wasn't alone, Paul said. Everybody else wasn't with me, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that me, by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, literally out of the mouth of Satan. Preach the word. God won't leave you alone. Verse 18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now I could tell a lot of stories there, but we don't have time. Justin's already fidgeting down here, so I'll, I'll wrap up. <laughs> God won't leave you alone. Be yourself. Serve the Lord, not man or denomination. Stay right with God. Stay right with people. Speak the truth in love. And I want to tell you, your best friend in the ministry is sitting there beside you. That's your best friend. And she'll know things that nobody else knows. And she can help you through things that nobody else can know about. That's your helpmate. God gave you. And gave you a, a wife that now has the heart for the ministry and support. Rely upon her, love her, treat her good. I want to tell you, my wife is the rock of my life. I'm not sure she didn't get me called to a few churches other than me getting called. But she was right there and has always stood with me. Remember this, it's not your church. It's not our church. It's not my church. It's his church. People say, oh, my church, and I know what you're saying. I go to so-and-so, Rosebier, that's my church. But in the sense of ruling, it's not my church. In the sense of getting my way, it's not our church. In the sense of people getting their way, it's not your church. Adrian Rogers said it best. He said, if it has two heads, it's a freak. And if it has no head, it's dead. 
Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Scripture tells us that. Michael, all I can say is love God, love people, love his church, and God will bless you. All right, we're going we're gonna to sing one more song for worship today. This is going to be the song of the month for, the, um, for March. As you all know, we, we focus on one song. We, we want to learn it. We want to internalize the message of it. We want to celebrate and praise God with it. Um, this message of the song is one of faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. The name of the song is My God is Still the Same. When we look around us in this world, the only thing that stays the same is that everything changes. The president changes, the governor changes, pastors change, um, what, uh, our financial situation changes, but we can always put our faith and our hope in God who never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all of eternity. So this morning, let's all stand. We're going to sing this together. Let's praise him for being our rock and redeemer.
Amen. You may be seated. Amen. My God is still the same. I like that. Brother Puckett, I do want to apologize to you for my fidgeting. I must have had too much coffee this morning. Because <laughs> I assure you, it wasn't because you were going too long. See, I had already prepared. You thought I was still young in the ministry, but I prepared just in case you went too long. I had Neil prepare a meal. And so, see, we've got food ready and waiting for you as soon as we get done. So we can go as long as we need. Don't have to worry. So we have a meal, and we invite all of you to come and to be a part of it at the close, conclusion of this service. Uh, but, Brother Puckett, it is, uh, we're so thankful that you're here today. And we're thankful for the love and the wisdom that you shared with all of us um, for so many years. What you mean to Rosebier Baptist Church and what you mean to East Baptist Church, uh, you are a blessing to all of us, and we thank you. Brother Michael, this is truly a special day, both for Rosebier Baptist Church and for East Baptist Church. It's truly an honor and a privilege to stand and participate in the ordination for Michael Woolley. It's been amazing to see how God has used him at Rosebier in so many areas of ministry to impact so many people from children's ministry to deacon ministry, to elder ministry, to traders mall ministry, anything and everything that needed to be done, there was nothing too big or too small for Michael Woolley. He was the greatest team player. Um, he had such a joy to be around, to work with, to minister with. I love Michael's attitude. His willingness to be a team player for the love of the church and the love of the people. I love his heart. His heart is one thing that I would never question at Rosebier Baptist Church. There may be an item or two that we, we would see things differently, but it would never be that I would question his heart. His heart was always good, and it was always pure, and it was always with the right intention in mind. I know that, and I believe that. He's taught me so much about that um, in ministry. We have truthfully grown up together here at Rosebier in many ways. Um, I know he's been serving in the ministry, especially in children's ministry, for a long time here at Rosebier. Um, but over these last 10 years, he has stepped up in so many ways and has helped serve in so many ways that he has been a brother in Christ, a partner in the ministry an absolute joy to have at Rosebier Baptist Church. I could not in, a, in any way put into words what he has meant to us at Rosebier and how God has used him. He has literally ministered to every person in this room at some level. And I'm absolutely sure that God will continue this gospel impact through this ministry in the days and the years to come. 
My assignment this morning is to give a charge to East Baptist Church. And this morning in our ordination council, we asked the question about the mission of the church to Brother Michael, and he, he responded ultimately with a great commission that we are to make disciples of all nations. We're to go and to make disciples of all nations by baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, East, we, we know and we understand from Scripture the mission at hand. Our mission has not changed. The mission that has been given to us by God, our Heavenly Father, is to make disciples of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To take the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ, He was sent to us by God, our Heavenly Father, because of our sin. We were so sinful that it broke our perfect relationship with God the Father. And so God, in loving us so much, He sends His one and only perfect Son, Jesus to do what we could not do. That is to live a perfect, righteous life. Jesus comes and on this earth, he lives that perfect, righteous life. Then he dies the death that we deserve to die. Because of our sins, we were due, we, we deserve death and the wrath of God for all of eternity. But God, so rich in mercy, so rich in love, sent His one and only Son to live the perfect life, to die the death that we deserve to die on the cross of Calvary. But that death did not end Jesus. For on the third day, He arose victoriously out, out of the grave over Satan, over sin, over death, and He gives us a promise that if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ and our mission at hand is to take that to a lost and dying world until our last breath tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our mission I want to read some scripture to you and share a couple of things that go along with that mission with Michael. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, I'll read to you now. And we're going to skip around a little bit. But Hebrews 13, verse 17 says this. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. There's three ways that I want to charge you with the mission of God from Scripture and with your pastor, Michael, as your pastor at East Baptist Church. Number one, I'm going to ask you and charge you to support him. Follow him as he follows Christ. That's what the scripture outlines. And in light of this scripture and the calling placed on Michael's life, I charge you to follow your leader as he follows Christ. The scripture says, and speaking of leaders, which would be your pastor, your elder, your overseer is what scripture refers to him as. It says, follow your leader, obey and submit to them. That is through thick and thin. This is one of the greatest ways you can encourage him and support him. And the reason why scripture outlines this is because we as believers still tend and wrestle with the flesh. And this is not our natural tendency. This is not our natural tendency. The truth is when the rubber meets the road in the Christian life, 
You're going to be tempted at times to check out, to stand back, and to be passive. Much like we see with Adam in the Garden of Eden when Eve was partaking of the fruit. He was right there beside her. He could have stepped in, stepped up, spoke up. But instead, he sat passively silent and allowed Eve to partake of the fruit. Your calling from God as a church is to support your leader, to encourage your leader, to stand up for your leader, to speak up for your leader. And one of the clearest ways to do this, we find in Scripture, is to participate in the ministry of the church. It's not just saying, hey, we've hired a pastor, he can do that. <laughs> participate in the ministry of the church. That is one of the ways you can support and encourage him. Number two, honor him. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17 says this, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. So not only are you to support him, but you are charged by scripture to honor him. Specifically in this case, Scripture is charging you with the duty to honor Michael and his family. With Miss Beth. Understand this, Pastor Michael and Beth is going to need you. Neither one of them are going to ask you for help. I know them. But they're going to need you. They're going to need you. Because what I know about ministry is the workload of ministry is too heavy for them to tend to on their own. For the gospel ministry is a weight and a heaviness that you cannot see and that you cannot understand. And so as the author of Hebrews just told us, for the pastor will be held accountable for the souls that are in his care. And that weight is heavy. That weight is heavy. And the weight is a heaviness that weighs you down in ways that you cannot imagine. And when you help and participate in the ministry, that is a way of helping him bear the burdens of the ministry. Next, the text says he's worthy of double honor. That means as a church, you are to hold him with high esteem and high regard. You're not to talk about him or to slander him in any way, for that is a work of Satan and Satan alone. But instead, hold your pastor with high regard and high esteem in your speech, in your actions, in your service. You're to support him. You are to honor him. And then number three, you are to protect him. Not only are you to support him and honor him, but protect him. You are charged by God to protect him. You protect him in two primary ways. Number one, from himself. Number two, from others. One, protect him from himself because of the discouragement and the frustration that will come and does come in the form of ministry. And you need to encourage him and to support him and protect him. How do you do that? By getting close to him, by being a friend to him and check on him. I was talking to Brother Puckett as he came in this morning. He says, Brother, he was speaking to me and he said, I hadn't heard from you in a while. You only call me when there's a problem. <laughs> Sometimes we do that with our pastors, don't we? I only hear from you unless you're sad, mad, or depressed. Reach out to him, care for him, encourage him as a brother in Christ, as a brother who needs connection with you. Check on your pastor. As a leader, he is a man. 
He's not perfect. He doesn't pretend to be perfect. He is subject to failure and mess-ups and temptations. One of the ways you can protect Michael is protect him from himself, of discouragement and frustration. But secondly, protect him from Satan and others. Satan is going to try to attack him like no other time in his life. It's going to try to harm him and his family. And it's going to eat away at him time and time again. And you need to be a prayer warrior for your pastor. Be praying a hedge of protection around him so he can speak the truth of God without fear of what the world may say, what the world may do, without any type of eternal attacks from Satan himself. It's just what Brother Puckett talked about. You need to pray a, a prayer protection around him so that he may stand upon the truth of God and never back down. Protect him from Satan. Protect him from himself. So in closing, East Baptist Church, you're charged by God in Scripture to support Michael, to honor Michael, and to protect him. For Michael is not only your pastor, but he is a man we deeply and dearly love. We are giving up one of our best to you. Treat him well. Care for him. Love him. Protect him. Because I promise you, he is going to minister to the best of his ability for you and for God. That's exactly what scripture outlines. That churches are to raise up and send out so other people may know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. <laughs> we love Michael deeply and dearly. He means the world to us, and it hurts us to think about losing him this morning. But at the same time, it gives us great joy to know how God is going to use him. For the glory of God and the cause of Christ, that the name of Jesus may be known throughout the nations. I don't know if you know this, but in our vision statement that we created in 2014, part of it is that we may send out missionaries from this church to be on mission for the cause of Christ. We were praying that the Lord would send out. And then the Lord burdened our hearts with the area of Farley in particular. And we began to pray that God would send out a ministry to the area of Farley. And we prayed that God would send out a missionary from our church to go to the people of Farley that they may know Jesus as Lord and Savior of life. And then here we are. God answering the very prayer that we asked. One of, the, one of our best going out for the mission of God close to the area of Farley that people may know Jesus before it's everlasting too late. And all we can say is that praise God for His faithfulness and praise God for answered prayers. Support Michael. Honor him. Protect him. And God will get the glory. I promise. Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house with this, your people, Lord, and just to lay hands on Michael and to set him apart for the specific ministry of pastor at East Baptist Church. I pray for every heart and every soul that is in here this morning, you know every need, and we lift that to you, that you would minister to them right where they are. But God, in this special service, we pray now for Michael and Beth that you wrap them in your protection and your love and your grace and your mercy. 
God, wrap your loving arms around them and may they feel so encouraged. And God, I pray that you would use them for your glory, for your kingdom to be advanced, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray a special blessing upon East Baptist Church and what they mean, what they stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you may bless them in the days going forward. For we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. At this time, I'll ask Michael if you would come and sit in this chair that we have placed here. And I want to ask the men in the if you are ordained and you would like to come by and say a special prayer for Michael, if you would line up over here in this aisle. And then Miss Terry, she's going to play softly. And we're going to pray. And as you are in your chair and seat, you may pray also for Brother Michael and the ministry that he is beginning. Let us pray.
Lord Jesus, we pray now that you would wrap your loving arms around this man and his family, Miss Beth, that you use him for your honor, for your kingdom, for your glory, to advance the gospel in a way that is pleasing to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Michael, at this time we'll ask you to sit with your wife, Beth, and Billy will go ahead and play that video now. I'm gonna miss you, Mr. Michael and Miss Beth, because you're such a great leader to all of us. I'll miss you. I love you, Mr. Michael, and I love you, Miss Beth. I miss you. Miss yeah. Michael and Miss Beth. I hope I hope you can come see us sometime. Thank you, Mr. Michael, and thank you, Miss Beth, for uh, teaching me more about Jesus and progressing me through my faith. Thank you. We love you. You are the best preacher. I hope we can ever see you again. We love you, Mr. Michael. We're really going to miss you here. Hey, can you say, we miss you? Say, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling us funny names. <laughs> Thank you for uh, making all, all of us um, smile every day. I miss you and I hope you come back. I like your funny jokes. He, he calls us funny names and he dances funny. <laughs> hey, we miss you. Thank, thank you, Mr. Michael, for giving me humor when you did microphone with Terry. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Michael. We miss you and we love you. I miss you again. I Thank you for just dedicating your time for everything. Thank you for coming through, like, in COVID here with happening and being goofy for no one that was there except, like, two people. Thank you. We're going to miss you very dearly. Bye. Mr. Michael, we love you, and we think we thought it was so funny when people used to call you Wooly Booger. We love you, Mr. Michael and Beth. Bye. Thank you for all the hard work that you put in, and we'll love and miss you. Bye. <laughs> I love you, Miss Geiger, and Miss Beth. Yeah.
special thanks to Leah and the children's ministry team for putting that together to share on this special day for Michael and Beth as we ordain Michael and send him to be pastor at East Baptist Church. Uh, he is such a, a joy, as you can tell, and we love him dearly, and uh, we are going to miss him um, in so many ways. And I'm thankful his mom's able to be here today, and I know your dad would be so proud of you. And I know, I'm so glad that he got to hear you preach just, I think it was a few months before he really got sick and went away, but he got to hear you preach, and I can't imagine how proud he might have been of you, even in this day. This time, I'm going to ask Jesse Rogers, which is the chairman of our ordaining council, to come and offer a recommendation to our church. The ordination council met this morning, and after questioning Brother Michael Woolley, a motion was made and seconded that he be ordained into the gospel ministry this day, March 5th, 2023, and that motion was unanimously approved. Amen. So this is to Rosebier Baptist Church now. Um, coming from the ordination council, we don't need a motion but all in favor of ordaining Michael Woolley into the gospel ministry, if you'll raise your right hand. All opposed, like sign, I see none. Michael Woolley, it's with great joy and honor we now commission you, my brother, and send you out into the work of pastoring at East Baptist Church. May God bless you, keep you, and shine his face upon you as you serve him in this position. Keep him first. Follow him closely, and God will get the glory he deserves. We now want to pre present you, Jesse, if you'll come and get the Michael and Miss Beth, if you'll stand up front here. And Michael, right over here, I'm sorry, Jesse, right over here we have the certificate that we want to present Michael and Miss Beth with. And then we also have a gift from Rosebier Baptist Church we would like to present to them at this time. Uh, we have purchased an iPad that we pray can be helpful to Michael and his ministry uh, at East Baptist Church. This is a small token of our appreciation. And we want you to know that we love you and we can't wait to see how God is going to use you in the days going forward. Amen. Amen. And then he'll also have this iPad like is <laughs> right underneath. All right. And Michael and Beth, you may be seated just for a moment. This is the conclusion of a very special service that we thank you for being in attendance of. We do have a meal that is prepared for you and would like to invite all of you to join us for a time of fellowship where you can get, get around and talk to Miss Brother Michael and Miss Beth. And what we're going to ask, we're going to pray a blessing on our food. And Michael, if it's okay, I want to have you and Miss Beth and the East family and our visitors lead us over there. And you know the way. But if you wouldn't mind, we're going to go out that back way, through the education center, into the gym, and then it'll be ready to eat. It's, I promise you it's not going to take, it's going to be plated and served, and I promise you it won't take all of us no time. I promise you, you'll get your food here much quicker than any restaurant you're going to go to. <laughs> 
but it is an absolutely wonderful day that we are so thankful we are able to be a part of. And God bless you, my brother. If you will, and then at the same time, so what we're going to do is we're going to pray, and at the dismissal prayer, we're going to have Michael lead in the east and visitors go with him. Uh, those with family that have kids in the nursery, we're going to dismiss you at the same time. Y'all go to the nursery, and our, and our older ones go to, uh, to go and get in line, and then we'll all get over there together. There will be plenty of line where we can get in the building and things like that. Um, but if you'll stand to your feet, and I know we have so many special guests and family members here, uh, Brother Michael, that we are thankful for. Um, and so thank you guys for being here. But Tim Bertram, would you mind uh, saying a closing prayer and praying a blessing on our food as we go over there?